EOS, the longest running EOS podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday afternoon in Eastern time or for watching later. And real quick, before we jump into it, if you are watching on your computer, smash that like button and give us a subscribe if you haven't already. We are always here to cover all the latest news in EOS. And today we are going to be talking about all the positive things that are happening within the EOS ecosystem that are sometimes easy to forget about because of all the negative news, all the FUD that's happening recently. But before we dive into it, I do need to mention that nothing we say should be taken as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. We're just two excited members of the EOS community talking about this open source software. So uh, do your own research or you will likely get, get wrecked. wrecked. <laughs> but I think that's the, the ultimate theme of this episode really is just highlighting all the amazing stuff happening. I mean, it, you've seen it yourself firsthand, obviously, in, in doing the show and putting together the show notes every time, all of the stuff happening. So it'll be a great uh, episode to remind everybody as well. Uh, so let's, let's just kick it off with the big news. I know it's, I know it's been covered a lot, uh, but uh, the president of the United States tweeting about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. <laughs> I, uh, so I, I would yeah, have been happy if he was bullish for it or against it. But the, the more I've read about it, the more I've been talking to other people about it, I, I literally think him being against it might be one of the like best case scenarios for this. Uh, you you kind of talked to me before we started recording. You kind of want to uh, give everyone your reasoning why you believe this is a bullish thing for crypto. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's clear that crypto itself, whether it's Bitcoin or he even mentions uh, unregulated crypto assets, which I thought was pretty interesting. But it's clear that crypto has gotten to a point now where global governments, world banks, the, the chairman of the Fed recently was was comparing and equating Bitcoin to gold. It's clear that it's gotten to a point now where all of these major players really have to you know, take a stance on it and have a strategy for dealing with it in some way. So it's amazing news for the whole crypto space that we're getting that kind of global attention. And uh, the biggest point of this, I think, that will sort of make waves in the US is that now every single candidate in the upcoming 2020 election will likely have a position on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So super exciting. There should be a lot more mainstream news covering that as well. Uh, the one, one thing that was like a kind of common theme of people talking about this is that people hate Trump so bad that they will like go against him on everything. So the fact that he is <laughs> against Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, I think what we might see is people on, on the further left that actually come out pro, uh, pro Bitcoin and pro uh, cryptocurrencies just to kind of go against Trump. And the other thing is we don't know uh, Trump's game plan. Sometimes he does play 3D chess. We know like uh, Mulvaney and like all these people around him uh, are, are pro cryptocurrency, pro Bitcoin and people in uh, like leaving the Fed. Uh, he's against the Fed himself. So we don't know if this is 3D chess or it's just him against it either way. Bullish, the the most one of the most highly followed people on Twitter, just mentioning the word Bitcoin is huge for for the industry. Um, the next thing on our notes here is there is a date for EOS IO one point eight. Uh, it's a bad time. Yeah, uh, let me let me pull it up here on the screen. September twenty third at one o'clock p.m. UTC time. All the block producers are going to get together and finally push that one point eight update live. And as a reminder, this proposal also reduces the overall inflation from five percent to one percent, and will make it much much easier for the BPs to adjust that inflation knob in the future if they need to. If, for example, the worker proposal fund comes back or something like that. But what's so exciting about this to me is that this is what Dan has said is the one thing preventing voice from launching into beta right now is 1.8 on the mainnet. So it's coming September 23rd. That's actually uh, relatively close. Uh, did, and I, I saw on the heat map. So I have eostitan.com front slash heat map. Highly recommend it if you're 
uh, wondering who you should vote for. You can see like what block producers support which referendums. And this column here you see on the screen that's all green, the EOS upgrade. This is all of the block producers that are supporting the upgrade on uh, September 23rd. So it is going to happen. We already have 1.8 uh, live on the jungle and Kylan test nets. Uh, so it's coming. And and like Rob said, uh, this is the one thing holding back the, the voice beta from everything we understand. So once that happens, uh, there's really nothing ho holding it back. Uh, the other big thing is the EOS IO authenticator apps. So for the longest time, Rob, me, everyone in the community is like, when B1 wallet, when B1 wallet? Well, <laughs> uh, Block One, they open sourced their wallet a, a while ago, but it hasn't uh, been, been usable uh, because it, it required 1.8. But EOS Laomao actually deployed it already to, to the App Store on Apple. Um, and I'm going to pull it up here. This is um, the uh, EOS IO authenticator tool. So it's clicking through what you're with if everything goes as planned. So I, I, I'm bullish on that. Um, the other thing is um, people are uh, kind of bearish on voice because they haven't heard anything about it. And uh, the one thing I want to pull up here is that, hold on, I got to pull it up. Jobs. No so right here, I have scrolling through the screen, all of the jobs that are being posted on block one. And as you're going to see here on the screen, there's a ton of jobs. There's content moderators, content moderator leads. Like what, this is all voice positions, uh, community relations advocates position at every single office. That's Hong Kong, Northern Virginia, and Blacksburg, head of product marketing, head of communications, a talent acquisition specialist in every single office. So wow. they are doing so much. Um, we, we, we kind of know about the DC office, which on your screen here is the Northern Virginia office. Um, Mark Woods, one of our admins on our uh, channels, and he's been on the show. Uh, he helped us uh, with, with B, our B1 June event. Uh, he brought up a good point in our, our Telegram channel about why they uh, Block One has this DC office. So one, it, it's for like lobbying and working directly with regulators. The other thing is that it has that international airport in Washington, D.C. You could fly from anywhere in the world to have a meeting in Washington, D.C. without a layover. But the biggest thing is for talent. So we see all these positions scrolling on the screens. Um, one thing with Block One that might hold them back from getting certain talent is because they require their employees to work locally. Uh, I don't know of many Block One employees who are able to work remotely. Maybe no one I know of, there might be some, but almost everyone I know works at a Block One office, and that is a hard rule that they have. Not everyone wants to work in Blacksburg, Virginia. It's rural, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it's not the ideal place for a lot of people. But Washington, D.C. is a place where, where people are more likely to be willing to move uh, somewhere within the United States. So Block One has, I, I think, 50-plus jobs on, on their page. I, I think this uh, video probably looped through enough times that everyone watching, if you see something here that looks interesting to you and you want to help the EOSIO community, apply for these jobs. Like, you are the community. They need community advocates. They need community relations advocates in every single office. So uh, that, that's my advice to you guys is uh, apply. Like who, who better, who better to, to fill these positions than the EOSIO community uh, themselves?
Oh, absolutely. And it's amazing, really. I mean, if we think about Block One in its current form, they really are scaling as quickly as they can. Dan and Brendan have both said it before that, you know, money is not the only thing you need to scale. You have to hire the right people. You have to make sure that the company culture is maintained. So uh, from, from my view, definitely, I think they're doing all the right things. It's just going to take time to build out this ecosystem. But you can imagine, you know, a few years from now, I could see Block One being a, a thousand plus person company with multiple offices all over the world, pushing out some serious products. And of course, they are putting out updates almost every week at eos.io slash news. And they just did another DAP spotlight on GeneOS yesterday. So if you need more good news from B1, that's a great place to go, eos.io slash news. So yeah, that, that's something I put in the notes here because we haven't been hearing a lot from Dan or a lot from Brendan lately. And people people like to interact with them. But at the same time, sometimes whenever Dan interacts too much, it's kind of like a counter indicator and not necessarily right. a good thing. <laughs> But one thing that uh, I didn't even notice myself is that for the entire year of 2019, Block One has been putting out EOSIO news on their blog every single week. If you look at these dates and articles scrolling across your screen, they're putting something out every single week on their blog. Wow. So, like, I didn't even notice that. So, I'm assuming a lot of you guys maybe not haven't noticed that either. And one of the biggest things that they did recently was the EOSIO webinar. On July 10th, which uh, Serge, that I think he's head of developer relations, he led that one. Uh, I, I had to run somewhere. I watched the first half hour. It's like more of an introductory thing. So it was catered towards developers who pr pretty much didn't know a whole lot of blockchain. So what Block One is doing is they're hiring a lot of people or trying to hire a lot more people. They're onboarding developers. And that's the same thing we've actually been doing here at Everything EOS ourselves. Uh, at the bottom of the screen, you're seeing the 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 little ticker scrolling around and we're, we're telling you to sign up for the developer courses. That's what we've been trying to do here. We want to onboard developers. So just because the price action isn't doing what everyone wants, the only way that this network is going to grow is by onboarding developers. This is a developers platform for developers by developers. And that, that's actually the same catchphrase as liquid apps, but uh, it, it also goes for block one. I just wanted to point out these statistics here for our blockchain courses that we, uh, Cypherglass sponsored, by the way, vote for Cypherglass. Uh, I, I can't even see the number on my screen. Uh, 539 students have enrolled since late April wow. when we launched this. And we've got an average of a 4.6 rating. So it's not like, uh, this is a really good course. Let, let's just say that. Uh, it, the ratings oh, speak absolutely. for themselves. By the way, we have a, a lot of people in chat saying that the audio is unsynced by about 30 seconds. Do you have a quick way to fix that on your end? I do not. Okay, no worries. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, get it fixed in post. We'll just keep it going here. But 539 people in everything EOS developer courses is pretty crazy because you can imagine even if only, say, 10 of those you know, come out of the course and end up building a dApp and then one of those becomes a very successful dApp, that's a huge impact on the overall ecosystem. And uh, somebody had a good point in chat saying something along the lines, I think it's scrolled past me now, but uh, oh, here it is. Marco Del Salto says, with millions for marketing, voice will go viral. Uh, will beta open up soon, I hope, or will we have to wait for beta September 23rd? Beta is unclear. I imagine we get beta this year, but it's not just millions. It's hundreds of millions that Brendan Bloomer has said that they've uh, allocated to the marketing budget. So I, I agree with you. I think it's going to go viral with that as well. But let's, uh, let, people... let's, slow, let's slow it down a minute, Rob. I, I was going hard and fast. I, I need some feedback from the chat. Let me know it, what, what's the audio doing. I don't know if I could sync it back up. It's saying I dropped like 1,600 frames. I think it had to do with me looping uh, those screen shares earlier. So I'm sorry if our lips aren't matching our audio. 
But is our audio at least balanced? Like, are we kind of within the same range? Could someone in the uh, live chat let us know? Anyone? All right. Uh, I'm take a second just because of the delay. Yeah, just saying it's unsynced, basically. If there's nothing we can do to fix it, we'll just keep it going and uh, see if we can fix it after. All right, so let, let's just keep going, though. I apologize if, we're, if our mouths aren't matching what we're, we're saying, but uh, hopefully the graphics we pop up on the screen will uh, help you uh, stay in touch. So uh, what else do I, I mean, have? Sorry. With, with all this going on, it is kind of amazing still to see people complaining in Telegram, and I totally get it. You know, the short-term price action obviously is, is not favorable. We're in... Uh, uh, a pretty bearish price action over these last couple of weeks and months. And it really does remind me of the time in 2018 when EOS went all the way down to something like 50 or 55 cents. FUD was at an all-time high. People were saying EOS was dead. It was a really, really bearish time. And this time right now that we're in currently reminds me a lot of that time. And we've seen the price obviously from 50 cents now up to $5 to a 10X. So I would not be surprised to see that happen again in the future. But if you're in Telegram and you're complaining, think of a way to actually make things better, whether that's just sharing our video with people so that they can be educated on everything that's happening within the EOSIO ecosystem. Or maybe you, you know, join one of your favorite projects that you hold tokens of and help them out in some way. If everybody gets involved in some way, we can very easily turn the tide here and switch uh, from bearish to bullish. But I'm still bullish on EOS. I know you are as well. Yep. And there are so many reasons why, including Peter Thiel and EOS VC. Isn't that right, Zach? It is. But I, I do have to add, I got to jump back to Telegram for a second. So we're seeing it, like people complaining a lot in Telegram. And one, one thing I, I will say is if you are active in the EOS community, you're probably not one of these people complaining. The first thing I do whenever I see someone saying negative stuff is I click on their profile and I look at how many groups we have in common. More huh. often than not, the only groups we have in common is like EOS price and the EOS main channel. So these people clearly aren't in the block producer channels. They're not in the project channels. They're not in the everything EOS channels. So they really have no indication of what actually is going on. And that's why we're, we're kind of dedicating this episode to be a refresher and a reminder of all of the reasons why we have always been bullish. We are still bullish on the long-term uh, viability of EOS IO and the EOS public network. Uh, so I guess now is a good time to get into uh, the EOS VC reminders. Why don't yeah, you remind it, it, everybody what EOS VC is and the $1 billion actively being deployed? So EOSVC is exactly that. It's this vehicle to deploy a billion dollars. That's a thousand millions. Just to, to think about the scope, the amount of money and the amount of projects that could fund. A billion dollars split up across a handful of VC funds around the world that are tasked with one goal. And that goal is to fund projects building on EOSIO blockchain tech, whether that's the EOS mainnet or, or something else entirely. Um, but it's pretty exciting because if you look at other projects, for example, Coinbase just invested about, I think, $12 million into an early stage protocol project. And if you think that's $12 million for the runway for their entire company, where Block One with a multi-billion dollar war chest, a billion dollars alone for dApps, it really is kind of hard to see any other new protocol competing with EOS in any way. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages that EOS definitely has. But with this billion dollars, it's been deployed in a couple different projects so far. Galaxy Digital most recently invested in Claws, uh, a 5.5 million Series A round very early on. But do you want to explain a little bit about what Claws actually is and why it's so exciting? It's exciting because of DocuSign. If you've ever like signed a contract over the internet, you probably signed it using DocuSign. 
DocuSign is integrated with like Adobe Acrobat and like PDF files. Whenever you put a digital signature on something, you sign something for a loan, you sign something to, to agree to a job or a NDA, you are using DocuSign. This is a major, major company. And the fact that Galaxy Digital and DocuSign are both putting a strategic investment into this same company is a very big deal. Uh, the other thing is that Greg Wasserman, co-head of principal investments at Galaxy Digital, is being given a board seat at this company. Uh, oh, wow. I am going to read a quote from Greg Wasserman. You can see it on your screen here in yellow. He says, Major enterprises sign millions of documents per year across many different business units. It's extremely difficult for companies to monitor and manage all of the terms within those documents. Connecting contracts with data to automate actions and alerts is an obvious next phase in the evolution of document digitization. I'm convinced that smart clauses will become a default standard for document management in the future, and I'm excited to partner with Clause. And then, Rob, do you have this up on your screen to read the next quote, or should I just read it? Yeah, so this is Scott Ulrich. He's the DocuSign COO who says, DocuSign's investment in clause, and this is alongside uh, Galaxy Digital, reflects the impact that smart clauses can have on simplifying and accelerating the overall agreement process. Earlier this year, we announced the DocuSign Agreement Cloud, a suite of products and integrations for digitally transforming how organizations prepare, sign, act on, and manage agreements. At its core, this helps companies to automate and connect their entire agreement process. The technology being pioneered by Clause is one of the fundamental drivers here, and we're looking forward to partnering with them for the future. And essentially, in one sentence, this is DocuSign on the blockchain so that you have another layer of verifiability that, yes, that person did sign that document at this particular place in time. So and pretty exciting and a good use case for the blockchain. And I think the other thing it's doing, too, is it's integrating smart contracts into the documents that you're signing. So like right now, whenever you sign a document, you're essentially signing an image of a, a bunch of text on a, on a contract, and then you're just filling out the, the digital signature field. I think what this is also going to do is it's going to actually integrate the smart contract into the clauses of, of the contract itself. Oh, wow. That's exciting. That, that's, that's what I see. Um, so this is the most recent uh, EOS VC announcement, but there's so many other ones that it's kind of like they make an announcement. And then they go into build mode and we don't hear from them. And I feel like the community kind of forgets all of the yeah. powerhouses that have already been signed on with the OSVC, already been deployed capital, and they've just had their heads down in building. So I, I just kind of want to remind everyone, you, you remember the, the Moonlighting Project, Rob? The one, yeah, the, insane. That's 700,000 users. Is that right? 700,000 users that they're going to onboard. So it's kind of like an Upwork or a Fiverr type freelancing platform. So... This project, I think they announced their EOSVC funding, I'm not sure when, maybe February, March. Right. And uh, right before they made that announcement, they actually reached out and contacted a bunch of block producer teams, a bunch of developer teams, because they, they needed to bring on their EOSIO experts to help them uh, de deploy the technology into their framework. At that time, uh, Peter Kay and I, Evan Schindler at, at Dappiness, we, we took a call from them and they had a, a, um, a timeline in mind to deploy their beta. and. At the time, this is a couple months ago, their deadline was July. So we're halfway oh, through July. Wow. Uh, software sometimes has delays, but I think, and this uh, w with Blockstart, uh, which, which is Ramon Blind Blindish's uh, from I Investing with a Difference, his team is contracting with uh, Moonlighting, and his team is very talented, world-class. Uh, he's world-class himself, one of, the, one of the smartest guys in the EOSIO ecosystem. Uh, I, I know that they're going to hit this timeline, so 
I'd say within the next month, this is just me me speaking, I think within the next month, we are going to see a, a Moonlighting beta or, or even the fully-fledged product. I don't want to speak for the team or for Ramon or anyone, but um, we're going to see 700,000 users on EOSIO probably uh, within the next couple weeks to month or sometime soon. Let's just say that. How about that? Yeah, Let's keep it broad. That's so awesome. I hope so. I mean, in the next couple of months, or even this month, will be amazing. And obviously, we're less than two weeks away now also from the July 25th EOS Finex launch, which is pretty exciting and has been long awaited for a while as well. So it'll be interesting to see what that does to DAP token liquidity. But to continue on the, the EOS VC route here, we had High Fidelity, who was founded by Philip Rosedale, who was the founder of Second Life, which still, I believe, has something like an $800 million or billion dollar a year virtual economy. Um, they're doing all kinds of cool stuff over there. Recently pivoted into the sort of corporate meeting space. You can have, you know, a, a meeting or an event in VR and actually save a significant amount of money if you're a corporate client um, instead of flying everybody to the same place just like, for a meeting. So, world, you follow the talent. So, pr price is completely volatile. The the price is basically an indicator of what Bitcoin's doing. When Bitcoin goes on these crazy runs, like yeah, we lost a lot of satoshis. But don't look at the price. Look at look at who's building on the technology and follow the talent. As, as Rob said, Philip Rosedale was the founder of Second Life. I have some statistics in front of me. Second Life produced over $4 billion in global virtual goods transactions. Wow. Uh, and now, uh, whenever uh, the EOS VC announcement was first made, they received $35 million of investment last summer. They were predicting over a $1 trillion economy of virtual goods and services within the next five years. Uh, and th they're just doing some crazy stuff. I remember when you did the Cypherglass video, you took that tour of like, uh, was it King Tut's tomb yeah. or something? Nefertari's tomb, Nefertari's. I believe it was. That was so cool. I mean, the, that really starts to open up the use case for VR and these new jobs in VR where this person was, and I think still is, paid full time to give VR tours of a tomb. This is an actual Egyptologist that they hired to do that. So it, it really is amazing. And uh, on the game route, if we go to Mythical Games, this is a, a company made up of former executives at Activision Blizzard, people who worked on Call of Duty, people who worked on World of Warcraft, which I am obviously a huge fan of. And the biggest game coming out this year from Mythical Games is Blankos. You've seen us give away the Blankos cards here on stream, but if you're not familiar with what it is, just search Cypherglass Blankos on YouTube, and there's a great sort of walkthrough, playthrough demo of one of the levels. But essentially, the potential here is massive. I mean, think Minecraft level potential, where Blankos allows anybody to build any kind of game they want within this game, with the main difference being that every single object in the game, whether it's a palm tree in your world or the actual character that you're playing as, that Blanco, every single object is a unique NFT, a unique token on the EOS blockchain. So it's pretty exciting. I think the potential there to onboard people into Blancos that think it's just fun and, and like collecting the characters and the different items and selling them to other players, are going they're gonna be a ton of people using EOS that don't even realize they're using EOS. And I think that will be the future of a lot of these dApps. Follow but, the talent, uh, Rob. Follow the talent. X Activision Blizzard leaders running mythical games. Now, let's not forget about the first EOS VC announcement, which was yeah. Everopedia, which is founded by the founder of Wikipedia, Larry Sanger. World-class talent. Shout out to Larry. And then they also have, uh, I don't, is he COO, Sam? Uh, I believe so. He's either CEO or, or CEO. He's up there in the, the He is a beast. So he's building a yeah. decentralized bank on top, not on top of Wikipedia, but in addition to Wikipedia. And the Wikipedia team is also building the Predict Marketplace, which is going to blow away every other prediction market uh, that we've ever seen on blockchain to date. And 
basically that's auger and it's just going to get absolutely destroyed and knifed up from predict and i think that <laughs> should be coming up soon also because i think yeah, i forgot about that yeah when they put out their first blog post their first public one they had a timeline and i think their timeline was also june or july so that should be coming up as well uh we still have the good money investment that uh you remember good money that one was like back in november we haven't heard anything from them lately but yeah. they received a 30 million dollar series a from eos vc i'm just going to read a little thing about them real quick then we'll move on it says um in a historic first every customer will receive equity when they open account and will become an owner of the banking platform in a revolutionary effort to democratize access to ownership and wealth creation users may earn additional equity by installing the app setting up a direct deposit or referring friends Additionally, good money users will direct 50,000 or not 50,000, 50% of the platform profits to impact projects focused on social and economic inequality. Um, so I'm guessing this one's being held back by regulation. I'm 100% sure of that one. We're not going to see probably this thing deployed, at least in the United States, until uh, there's some more regulational clarity. But there's a freaking bank building on EOSIO. Yeah. Um, and even outside of EOSIO companies, do you remember Cinecore, Rob? Oh yeah, that was uh, with Zimbra X, the the corporate email client. Is that right? It it is. They're publicly... wow. I forgot about them too. Yeah. Uh, let me let me pull something up here on the screen. They're a publicly traded company with like over five four or five hundred employees. They do a uh, hundred and twenty seven million dollars in revenue. They're still building on EOSIO. I, I'm pulling up an article from back in September. Like this is what I mean. Like just because these people aren't putting out tweets or. Uh, PR press releases every single day doesn't mean they're not building on EOS IO. Um, I have a quote from a tweet back then from uh, Zimbra X. We are making important moves in blockchain going from the first enterprise DAP powered by EOS IO to now leveraging blockchain capabilities such as smart contracts, EOS tokens, and verified identity APIs. This is a publicly traded company that does enterprise email services. My, my college actually uses the, the like non-blockchain version of Zimbra as really? like the, the the email platform yeah and oh wow so this is a legit company building on eosio and like I, I keep going back like i i know some a lot of our watchers here like some of the more hardcore eos people but this episode's catered towards the people that are not as deeply invested uh emotionally and in, in their daily lives into this ecosystem and this is just a big reminder episode of all of the things that are currently being built that you're probably not hearing about every single day so we're going to remind you Another big absolutely. Why don't, why don't you? Yeah, I mean, hit on Pete. Uh, what? Yeah, there, there are so many non EOS VC companies, which is kind of crazy too. If you look at everything that's launched in the community, one that I am obviously a huge fan of is Pios. So Pios is really building this privacy ecosystem on EOS, and they've recently delivered on a lot of their promises. They released the UTXO code on the actual mainnet, which is the foundation for a lot of this privacy tech. They released the full code on the Jungle Testnet, which is the full Pios software suite. The actual wallet should be out, uh, I believe. Um, sometime before tomorrow, if not this upcoming week, it's sometime in the next uh, five or six days, I believe is what Mel was saying in Telegram. So a lot of good things happening there. And if you are a developer, maybe you already have a dApp, maybe you're about to launch a dApp. If you want to integrate the POS privacy tech into your dApp in some way, they have a two and a half million dollar roughly, it's 50 million POS privacy fund to help make that happen. So awesome stuff happening. And then of course, over in your side of the court, Zach, we have liquid apps run uh, by one one incredibly talented person, <laughs> Tal Muscal, who really seems like a genius. I mean, just based yeah. on the stuff so, he's worked on. So we've talked about Liquid Apps enough uh, about the technology and what we're building. 
but the people behind it is what really sold me on it. And what I have up on your screen here is, so this message from Saeed was actually just last night. And Saeed Jaffries, I don't even know how to say your last name. Sorry, Saeed. He's like one of the, the top developers in EOSIO. And he is calling Tal Muscal, the CTO of Liquid Apps, a technical genius and one of the smartest people in the space. And I think Saeed's one of the smartest people in the space. He's yeah. the, the b behind uh, Blocks.io and the EOS Cafe Block Block producer. So uh, hopefully Tao doesn't get mad at me for sharing this uh, private conversation. So this conversation that you see on the screen about the chess engine actually happened back in like February before Liquid Apps even launched, before Peter K or I even joined the Liquid Apps team. We had a little private chat going with Tal and Benny and we were just kind of in the get, get, getting to know you phase. And uh, Peter asked him if he played chess because it's common for a lot of developers to, to play chess. So he's just trying to kind of build a relationship with Tal. And Tal says, not anymore. Many years ago, I helped the small team who developed the bot that is the world-class chess champion for many years in a row, Deep Junior. It oh was the gosh. first class chess player. It was, it was the first chess player bot to actually use machine learning instead of trying to brute force the game. It was running on a commodity hardware and first to beat IBM's supercomputer, Deep Blue. Their supercomputer was using mostly brute force planning and move generation in hardware. It really shows the importance of intuition over planning in the game. Uh, and then Pete asked him if he really did develop Deep Junior, Junior and he said, yes, I made it scalable and distributed. Wow. Uh, and I mean th this is just like one of the things that Tal has done. Tal is like, he's Yoda, man. It wouldn't matter what <laughs> industry he was in, he would be a, a leader in the technology. Uh, he's built trading algorithms. He, he's, I, I think I should just have him on the show sometime just to talk about his background. Oh, definitely. We, we don't even really have to get into the liquid. We, we probably will. But just understanding this guy's background is going to blow your mind. And, and ben, Benny's no slouch either, the CEO. But um, I, I, I think Tal's story needs to be told. I, I, I think... Uh, I just want to get that point across. I want to tell Tal's yeah. story to all of you guys because he's not uh, out in the open. He's, he's busy in the developer channels. If you're a developer, you've probably seen him answer tons of questions, but I, I've never seen him in the main EOS channel. You definitely won't find him in the EOS price channel. So if you don't know who this guy is, I'm going to have him on price sometime in the next couple of weeks. And I just want to talk about his background because this guy is a monster developer. And any, any developer in this ecosystem will tell you that, including Saeed Jeffries, who I think is a monster in the EOS oh, ecosystem. It it really is amazing. I mean, we're so, so fortunate to have all this incredible talent building on EOS and in, in many cases here, building on the EOS mainnet. Obviously, Tao making uh, Deep Junior that chess bot scalable and distributed. He's now also kind of making EOS more scalable and more distributed using the DAP network. So all exciting stuff. And speaking of somebody we had on the podcast, we had Chris and Jesse, the two of the guys from Effect AI, which just launched last Wednesday. This is just a couple days ago. They actually pushed the contract live on the main net right when the podcast started with awesome. us. It was a great episode, really talked about the use case there, what they're building, and their partnership with the United Nations. The yes, United Nations. The, the UN. And if you want to check out their platform, if you want to earn some EFX tokens just for doing a little validation, um, go to worker.effect.ai, and you can check that all out there. But like I mentioned earlier, What's that coming up on July 25th, Zach? Something uh, pretty big, yeah? The EOS Finex launch. I'm super excited Ooh. for it. I don't care how much you want to FUD BitFinex or Tether or whatever. They're one of the top engineering teams in the ecosystem. Oh, uh, absolutely. Hands down. I just want to, uh, let me see if I can pull up his tweet. 
Paolo, however you say his name, he's the CTO of uh, Bitfinex. He put up a tweet the other day. Let me get it up on the screen. Yeah, Paolo's great. I've had a lot of conversations with Paolo and so have a lot of the people at our team. And, and he really knows his stuff. And honestly, the responsibilities that that man has, not just at Bitfinex, but also ETHFinex and now EOSFinex, it's pretty amazing that he's able to do all of it and really you know, keep that ship in the right direction. It's true. So basically, the tweet I just popped up on the screen, Every like they had 10,587 uh, contributions to their GitHub in a year. There was like only three <laughs> days in the entire year that they didn't push code to their GitHub wow. repo. So like this is a hardcore team of engineers, uh, some of the best trading engines in the world, fastest, constantly updating. And, and we're going to get all of this stuff not only deployed on the EOS mainnet, but they're going to open source all of the contracts as well. So um, I'm excited for EOS Finex. And oh, absolutely. Well, and one of the things that we hear a lot about on all these other platforms, mainly Ethereum, is DeFi or decentralized finance. But <laughs> if you add in Rex, which is arguably the biggest DeFi application in the world, if you add that into websites like DeFi.review, you'll actually notice that Rex is the biggest DeFi application in the world with almost $600 million locked up in Rex right now. So if you have EOS that are just sitting in your wallet, you're not sure what to do with them and you want to earn a little bit of a return by staking them, you can go to blocks.io slash Rex or many other sites like eosrex.io, stake the Rex and earn a little bit of a return. But pretty amazing, $600 million locked up oh, yeah. and so many websites like DeFi.review just sort of omit it. I think probably because it's built on EOS. Yeah, so I, I think like we, we went hard and fast this episode. We're not going to go the usual hour because we wanted this video to be digestible, hard, fast, and remind everybody why we are such such an integral part of this EOSIO IO ecosystem, why we're so excited about it. We recapped and reviewed so many of the things that are being built today. We want you guys to share this video. So whenever you see someone complaining and saying like EOS is dead, nobody's building on EOS, I want you to share this video to them because I want it to be digestible. I want them to be able to watch it. And we're going we're gonna to cut it off here real soon, Rob, because I want people to watch the entire thing. Uh, I'm just freaking jazzed right now. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so much good stuff is really happening. And like I said, sort of midway through the show, this really, this time right now in EOS really reminds me so much of that time back in 2018 when we went all the way down to 50 or 60 cents. It seems like we're at peak FUD again. It seems like we've probably bottomed out here. Obviously, that's not financial advice, <laughs> um, but it, it's very exciting. And if you look over the next couple of years, as voice gets launched, as those several hundred million dollars in an ad budget gets pushed into onboarding people onto the EOS mainnet, you can kind of see just how incredible this ecosystem is going to be. So I can't wait for it. Obviously, these things take time, but uh, it's all moving in the right direction. That's for sure. And I just want to apologize. Someone saying in the, uh, the audio is desynced. I hope the graphics, when we pull up, are synced with our audio. I hope it's just uh, Rob and I's video that isn't matching our mouths. But um, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I think this is a good spot to cut it off, Rob. Uh, you have anything else you want to add or anyone in the chat want uh, us to talk about anything else before we hop off? I think that's all I have. Why don't we uh, go ahead and close it out? Keep it short and sweet. Let, let's close it out. So uh, I'll see you guys sometime mid next week. I'll have, I, I actually don't even know what I'm going to do next week. I have a bunch of guests. I think we want to talk governance next week. So I uh, hope you guys, okay, nice. I think that's a good topic. Let's talk governance in ES 1.8. We'll do an episode midweek and then we'll do our usual weekend episode with Rob. We'll decide if Rob will be on in the midweek. Maybe we'll see. Uh, so let us know what you thought of that. So Rob, Rob you got to come on twice this week.